0: That son that she bears is Perez, and he is in the story. He is a descendant of Jesus, and Matthew includes Tamar's story, and by doing Tamar's story, she highlights Judah's failure within uh, within the story itself, all right? Um, not the kind of family history that is probably told around the dinner table. Not the kind of family history that you and I, right, as we go digging around, we hope we're going to find. Boy, I sure hope I find some salacious details in my story. But here they are. Here they are, and they're in Jesus' story. Here's the second one. The second one that the second name that pops up is Rahab. And you remember the story of Rahab probably. Rahab shows up in, in Joshua chapter 2 she herself is a prostitute a Canaanite prostitute living in the walls of Jericho with her family and um and she hears okay uh, no doubt prompted by the holy spirit she is um, receptive to the spies who have come into Jericho to spy out the land and to get the lay of the city she is the one who hides them in her house she puts them up on the roof she she goes the extra mile and she lies to the To the soldiers, when they come looking for those spies, she does everything to cover their tracks and to make sure that they have a safe getaway. And in doing so, she asks for their protection when they come to take the city, and they offer her the protection. And so um, probably the only family, the only person and family clan to have been spared when they come and take Jericho is Rahab and her family. And if you read a little bit further in the book of Joshua, what you'll find out is that Rahab is actually folded into the covenant family of God. And she eventually, um, in, in the story, um, she, uh, she gets married, and she marries an Israelite named uh, Salmon. And they have a son, and the son's name is Boaz. And if you know the rest of the story, you'll know that Boaz shows up in the book of Ruth and he makes a grand appearance here in the lineage of Jesus. The third is Ruth. Ruth herself is a Moabitess. And as a Moabitess, she was under a special curse, Deuteronomy 23. 3, uh, Moabites were forbidden from ever entering the assembly of the Lord. Um, and so she has this curse that's on her as a, a Moabite woman, and she ends up being folded into uh, the story. Of course, the fourth unnamed woman in the story is David's wife by his scheming. And, um, and, and Matthew doesn't even mention Bathsheba's name. Um, she was well known, but what she, the way she writes it is to highlight uh, David's treachery. And, um, and so he writes the story, and he writes that part of the account so as to put the spotlight on, on how rotten David was, all right? And here is Bathsheba, and she makes her entry into the story through murder and adultery and, and just tragedy um, that is inescapable. And, of course, the fifth woman is Mary. In a day and age where, where the status of women was low, <clears throat> Matthew includes them in the lineage of Jesus. And what he's doing is he's telling us, listen, you matter. Everyone matters. Everyone matters. Canaanite prostitutes living in the walls of Jericho matter. Tamar, though she had to scheme and, and entered into an incestuous relationship with her father in law, matters. And through the story, the story tells us that this genealogy tells us listen, this king, this son of David who is coming, who will wear a crown, who will reign supremely over all creation, he comes. For the down and outers. He comes for the little people. He comes for people who struggle with sin. He comes for people who don't have it all together. And in doing that, listen, it, it, it's a really big deal because what he's saying to us is Jesus isn't just a help me out, He's not just a pick me up. He is God with us. And just a few verses. The name is going to be, the, the angel is going to say to Joseph, Joseph, you will give him the name Jesus because he will what? He will save the people from their sin. He will save them from their sin. And when you look through the account, and listen, it's not just the women. Obviously, the men in the story Okay, The men in this story, to a, to a man, were rotten to the core. And yet, God used them to produce the king. All right? And he gives us the story of their lives. And out of their lives comes the one who would save us from our sin. As you move into the Christmas period, let me encourage you. There's you know, whatever it is, whatever's going on in in your heart, whatever that struggle is, whatever that battle is, whatever whatever that thing is. Right? Um, you know, I, I described it a couple of a couple of weeks ago. That what, you know, that one thing where if it were none, you say, well, you know, that's not, that's not really who I am, All right? Um, you know. It's that moment where you say something dreadful to somebody and you go, I didn't really mean that. Um, okay, that thing that comes out of the deepest part of your heart. you know, Jesus says out of, the, out of the overflow of a man's heart he speaks. That is the thing that Jesus came to die for in your life. That is the sin he came to set you free from. Whatever it is, wherever it hides, that's what he came for. And that's what the boring details of the Christmas story remind us. Jesus came to set sinners free. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you. Thank you for the story. Thank you for these boring names, these details that take us all the way back into Jesus' family history and remind us that you save people like us. And you use people like us to bring about your divine purposes. Father, we need to hear that reminder and that good news this time of the year. And we just pray that um, you will let it sink deeply into our hearts. We pray it all in Christ's name. Amen.